can we talk today about trigger warnings and immunity? I think they kind of go hand in hand, both in a practical and a theoretical standpoint. All right. Check me out. Check me out. Boom, bam, bam, boop, bada pop boop. Immunity, if you apply it to body, all right, you have an immune system. You have your set of structures and functions from organs to tissues and cells and all that other stuff. When you have an autoimmune response like inflammation to a particular body part, you have an injury, you have an infection, there is a particular series of things that are activated to heal you, to notify you, hey, you you need to bring some attention to me over here. And then you do what you have to do accordingly. You go to the ER if it's that serious. You you find some neosporin if you have a burn, then you have a blister, then it heals, it scabs, etc. There is a process. Now, if the process of me um, about to knock you the fuck out, I say to you, hey, this is upsetting me. Please stop. Let's revisit this conversation when I'm not in an agitated state because I would rather not release all my white blood cells out at you because then we're just going to pulverize your ass and then eject you out of the nearest exit. Okay. If you do not back off, leave me alone for a couple of seconds, chase me around the house to continue this discussion, don't be surprised at any adverse reaction that soon follows your blatant disregard for the trigger warnings that have been described to you. Now, I don't know why I had to get so dramatic with this particular example, but I guess I just had a trigger, you know, a freaking flashback from many moons ago. Man, that, listen. At any point in time in a, in a personal, professional relationship, If someone says, don't do A, it's going to cause B. And even though A to B to C, the alphabet has an alphabetical order. First of all, who decided what the alphabetical order was? Did you guys see this post of saying the ABC to the Savage song? I posted it in my story once upon a time. It was quite hysterical. But you can literally say the ABC to anything. Anyway, point is, I didn't forget the freaking point. Time out. Time out. What were we talking about? Alphabetical order. A leads to B. Okay, so if A leads to B, which then leads to C, 
if you can already foresee the potential outcome or not even potential, the known outcome of if you do this, then that will happen, cause and effect. Like, I swear, people are out here just having conversations, performing, you know, behaviors and just like being themselves and having no awareness and no recollection of having a cause and effect comparison. Why? Why would you intentionally walk across the street without looking at least one direction? I swear, people in my life who just hop off the curb and start walking, y'all are an unnecessary stress. Because here's why. There is not enough PPE. I do not have enough critical care or trauma ER, freaking air med evac, call of duty, healing powers to save your ass if you get splatted by the Ford Focus doing 55 and a 35. I don't have the resources for that. I have never seen the inside the human body beyond the time that I shaved my legs when I was 13 years old and shaved so hard that I exposed bone or at least the white meat was for sure showing. And then I'm looking at the white meat looking at me like, oh my gosh, I'm outside. And it had a little, we had a moment of silence and then the red blood started to gush out and then the pain was activated. Like, hello, that is, that, that is literally what a trigger warning is. You cut me, the white meat is gonna show, now we're here. What's it gonna be? The only reason that you really experience pain after seeing the white meat show is because somewhere along the line, we have been taught that blood equals pain. Blood equals pain. How many times have you walked around the house and stubbed your pinky toe? Well, here's a hint. Maybe you should be more careful about where, you, where you're walking and look at your surroundings because a lot of y'all are out here walking around with jacked up ass baby toes. Baby toes that are looking like balled up baby fists, okay? Your, have you ever seen a baby toenail hanging on by faith? Like, I bet all the, the nail techs out here in the world <laughs> hate looking at baby toes. You know, the ones when the lady says, no, don't cut my nail down too long because they need some links for that nail to match the rest of the toenail so they can have some equal length. Yeah, y'all need to let that shit go. Just cut it back because nobody has time out here to be wearing full-ass Band-Aids on their pinky toe during flip-flop season. That shit's not cute. You need to stick with a closed-toe shoe at all times. And don't get me started on Crocs and gibbets. I remember when I was in my late teens, early, early 20s, I worked at the Crocs store on Lincoln Road in South Beach. 
And, you know, the top of Crocs have holes. For those holes, you are to put decoration in them called gibbets. Where they got the name, I don't know. But anyway, you get you a gibbet, whether it be a SpongeBob, a rainbow, a cloud. It could be a rocket ship, your favorite cartoon character, whatever. You slam it in the hole and it goes boop. But listen, let me tell you. If you don't properly place the gibbet, you cannot put a gibbet in the first row of holes on your croc. Because when you put your foot in there, your toenail is going to get caught between the croc and the, the, the flat surface of the gibbet that has extended through the hole in order for it to clasp and latch on securely. You're going to lose a freaking toenail. When was the last time you, you shoved an object between your nail and the bed of your nail? You know, you got that skin. Imagine, imagine you sticking your hand in your pocket, forgetting that you got uh, a business card in there, right? And it slides in between and then it makes that indentation like you could see that it went under your nail bed at least three micrometers and that shit hurts and it kind of looks like it wants to bleed. Have you ever bled under your nail bed? Oh my goodness. I never want to experience that and that's why I don't use nail files anymore. When I was in my early 20s, with my girlfriends in college, I'm like, oh yeah, I want a freaking whole shoebox full of nail polish and and all this other manicure tools, cuticle oils. Let me get my self-care, uh, I'm gonna do my own nail game up. No, hell to the no. I injured myself every single time. Horribly messing up my cuticles, not cutting it off correctly, and the nail files, no, 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 no. The basic care, all you really need is a nail clipper. And if you want to do anything else more than that, then you need to get a friend that is a nail tech who don't mind doing, you know, your, your manicure for you at the crib over a glass of wine on a Sunday afternoon. Or you're just going to have to cost up that $60 to go see Ling Ling and them. And that wasn't a derogatory statement like that literally is someone's last name and every manicure shop in the country. Okay. So if you're sensitive too bad, Ling Ling and them. Wow. Big ups. But regardless, don't act like super surprised when someone or something does not have a favorable attitude toward you when you already knew what the consequences could be, okay? For instance, I am the type of Gemini that needs a Kim to compliment my Kanye, all right? I don't care how crazy y'all think Kanye West is. He makes some good-ass music, and that's just that. But 
and a healthy relationship aspect. If you suffer from mental illness, all right, let's just say bipolar two. If we get together and I tell you, hey, you know, I got bipolar two. Um, if I say this and then this and then that, like you should probably go for a timeout because I don't want to talk. And the, the series of events may go down like this. And even though you are not my initial trigger, I want to let you know what my potential triggers are so that you don't keep pressing me about some things and, um, you know, you might hit a, a, a rocket launch button, okay? So here are the parameters in which I can successfully have a conversation about a disagreement or just how my life, my circle, if it's just me, would like to operate and you being my partner now all up in my freaking atmosphere, should know these things about me so you don't think I'm just batshit crazy without reason. I need you to be the Kim to my Kanye. Know your role. I'm going to clearly define what your role is so that you can have immunity at all times. Speaking of immunity, how about being punished for crimes that you really didn't commit? Yeah, yeah. Committing crimes or being punished for a crime you did not commit. That is like the biggest heartbreak ever on the face of the planet. That and unjust killing. And both are related to the actual factual, real present day issues that many Americans face, many black Americans face. And then also those little nuances between you and your significant other or you and in the workplace. Why are you gonna punish me for some shit that I didn't do? Just because you can't control your trigger warnings, or you can't apply immunity to me. I'm not X. I'm A. I'm not 9. I'm 11. Why are you holding me to the judgments and mistakes of someone else? A lot of us need to get that shit figured out before we enter any new situations, romantically, platonically. You ever have a friend? Like, my capacity for friendships of people who are whitewashed, who don't recognize that we are of the same complexion. You may be from a Latin or South American country. You may have, like, type one hair, just a little wavy. You don't have any coarse curls. But hello, rude awakening, bitch. Your people are still locked up at the freaking border. And you're over here acting like a full-ass Britney Spears, completely ignoring social injustices Because your ass 
is freaking brainwashed. Don't let the texture of your hair get you fucked up out here. Because I will completely dead your ass if I see or I experience any brown or black person with this whitewash mentality that not everything involving uh, racism applies to them because I speak it to Spanish. I will straight dead your ass. Everybody in that kind of category, and you know who you are, I will give you one more opportunity for benefit of the doubt, but your ass is now a Britney. We all know what a Britney is. A Britney Spears, yeah, one of those who will walk barefooted into a public restroom. One of those who pick up pickles that have been dropped in all kinds of sand, soot, and dust on a construction road, rinse it off with a little bit of water, and keep on munching. I mean, I understand the aspect of the five-second rule, but Brittany, where I come from, that shit is just nasty, okay? Do you not see the trash truck juice that's dripping down in this same drain where you just dropped and picked up your pickle and rinsed it off with some day-old canteen water? Let's talk about the last time you actually washed your canteen. Like, do you have a scrubber on a stick? Did you use a knife and a cloth and, you know, get the wrist whipping to get out all that sediment and slime? build up at the bottom of your bottle or do you just refill every time your shit's empty when was the last time you took off the plastic seal of your cap and wiped off that black mold that's under that seal we have a lot of hygiene issues to address in the new age of america since everybody is so covid aware let me just tell you Y'all are some dirty-ass people, okay? Let's do a real inventory of how unsanitary you actually are. Everybody's level of sanitation is completely different. If it works for you and your pH, no problem. I'm not asking you to be a clean freak like me, you may be a clean freak, but our definitions of clean are completely opposite. This, What you do and what I do are completely normal for where we come from. Let's understand that. But let's also have a common ground of what's acceptable and not. For instance, if you are a guest in my house, you better put the lid down before you flush or you're never coming to my home again and using the restroom. Those are your two options. If you flush the toilet with the lid up in my home, you are therefore banned from restroom privileges in my home ever again. Second of all, if we are not sleeping together or we don't share blood and you come to my home and you use the restroom, you better not, you better not have a bowel movement in my home. 
unacceptable. I don't care. I don't care how how loose your stools feel right now. You need to take your ass to the 12th floor and use the restroom for the gym members and people outside at the pool. You No bowel movements will be had in my home if we aren't sleeping together and you aren't my mother or my father. That's it. Everyone else is off limits. I don't want to hear it. First of all, I don't understand why people don't understand the concept that a smell, a scent, is a nanoparticle of a whole ass object. That's where you get aroma from. For instance, let me break it down. Let me break it down for you. Here's this example. Perfume and cologne. It is a liquid inside the bottle. You spray it, it then becomes a mist. It then is activated by your body temperature and then gives off an aroma. It's a freaking nanoparticle of a, a liquid. That's the only reason you have a smell. Example number two, the meme that's floating around the internet that says, if a fart, this is what it says, I don't, uh, we're children, we're, we're not children here. Anyway, it says, if a fart can make it between two ash cheeks, draws, and jeans, what makes you think that tiny ass mask is preventing you from catching COVID? Let it sink in. When you pass gas, it's wet. Like, I don't know why people think that gas from the ass is just dry. Like, do you know all of the, everything you put in your mouth has a water content. We are what, 70 to 75% water? So we got some gas bubbling up. How, how, how does gas come about? The excessive ingestion of air, because you chew gum, could be one. You ate something super acidic, therefore, or, or maybe you didn't eat anything super acidic. Maybe just the acid release in your, in, in, bro, your body is a freaking science experiment, like with some volcano, with some vinegar, and some freaking baking soda, like that shit, of, it explodes in your body. <laughs> Disgusting. Disgusting. All right. So here's the inventory I want you to take to determine if you are a Brittany or not. All right. You ready? You got a pen? You got a paper? Okay. Here we go. When you are done doing dishes, do you wipe out the sink with the disinfectant? Okay. Number two. When you use a utensil, say you're traveling on the go, and you, you have a travel-on-the-go utensil, whether it be wood, plastic, or metal. Do you lick it clean and put it back in, in your bag or knapsack and use it again? Like five hours later, 72 hours later, the same spoon that you licked clean 
Do you do that? That's nasty. You flush the toilet with the lid up. If I took a black light to your bathroom, there are shit particles everywhere. And I don't want to be nowhere inside of it. So I know I went in on you for using my restroom inappropriately. But trust me, I will hold my bowel and my urine until I get home. That's just where I feel most comfortable releasing my bodily fluids and the privacy of my own home. You don't got to worry about me using your bathroom. Thirdly, where do you leave your toothbrush? Is your toothbrush on the counter in a, in a toothbrush holder? When was the last time you cleaned the bottom of your toothbrush jar? You should probably check that out. You should probably check that out. Do you gargle directly from your mouth rinse bottle or do you put it in the cap and then rinse the cap? I think we already covered the very dirty canteen water bottle. When you wear socks, how long do socks have to be on your feet before they're classified as dirty? Are we going for color or are we going for smell? Are we going for what shoe specifically we wore that sock in? Because those things matter. And even though they matter, it makes logical sense, but that it is still, it's still dirty. I'm slightly guilty of that, you know. So I think that's the probably most disgusting thing that I actually do. For instance, if you wear footies, footies are just done. Like, they're dead. You cannot rewear footies for a second day, right? Athletic socks, like you went outside, walked five miles, those socks are deaded, right? If you wore socks for like two hours and a bummy pair of shoes, eh, those socks are deaded also, but it would be mildly acceptable to wear them around the house for a few more hours because at this point, you might as well just mop the floor, okay? Speaking of floors, how many of you wear your shoes in the house? And this is the only time it is acceptable to wear shoes in the house. At the front door, period. Period. In my home, there is about a five foot radius in which shoes are acceptable. That's it. If you go beyond that perimeter, I'm yelling at you. I, I, I have pets. I don't want shoe dirt, outside dirt. Do you know how many, how many puddles of dried dog pee you step in on a daily? Or the homeless man taking a, taking a piss in the bushes and then it runs off in the water and you step in it because you're taking a shortcut through the grass and gum and oil spills. That stuff does not need to be tracked throughout my home. I like to walk barefoot and I have pets. No, not happening. Leave your shoes at the door. The only other acceptable space is is 
if you're already dressed, you're outside, but you forgot something and you need to get it from the bedroom. Okay. But then you're just going to have to do an internal analysis of when was the last time you wore that shoe? Did you disinfect the shoe when you came in? Because I do. I got a little doormat, scuff, scuff, wipe all that stuff off. And then I have to transport the shoe to the closet. So I don't want dirty shoes, crumbs dropping all over the floor in my closet where I get dressed because I have a walk-in closet, right? All right, so you could possibly jog through the house real quick and grab your chapstick or sunglasses that you left in the other room. The number one killer for me, like I will straight up lose it on you. It's right up there with flushing with the seat up is wearing shoes in the bathroom. If you are a person that wears shoes in your bathroom, I pray for you. You have just completely defeated the necessity for taking a shower. Like, why would you want to get out of the shower, step onto your bathroom rug that has shoe gunk all over it? The bathroom, to me, should be the cleanest space in the home, just hands down. Like, if I don't clean my shower every day after I use it, I at least spray it down and let it let it sit, and then clean it the next day. What what we really should practice is cleaning the shower while we're in it. It's really not that hard. I hate seeing showers with like shampoo, soap bottles in the corners, and then you lift it and all up under it is just rotten. Y'all need to learn how to move objects and clean under and the object itself before you place it back in its assigned location. Because that shit is dirty. I've always been an extreme clean freak for as long as I have known myself and been able to recognize myself because I grew up in an extremely clean home, okay? My grandmother is a nurse. My mother was a paramedic. So the idea of cleanliness... Like, my grandmother to this day, after she's done doing the dishes, will set a couple tablespoons of bleach in some hot water and leave the the kitchen rags in the sink soaking in bleach. That is the level of sterile in which I like to operate. Now, there's two sides of sterileness or sterilization. There's the sterile thought of if you keep it clean, it'll never be dirty. And the conclusion that if it's dirty, let's just keep it dirty until it's time to make it clean because it's not going to get dirty again. And let me explain that. The theory of washing your hands. Now, to some degree, I understand the purpose of gloves, but in others, I just uh, I just don't care. For instance, when my friend Wes was helping me move my students the other day, every time he touched something, he went for hand sanitizer 
or went to the water holes to rinse his hand. That shit kind of drove me a little bit nuts because I'm like, Wes, everything in this room likely has the same pH level. So you do not have any open sores or cuts on your hands or on your forearms. So why rinse your hand every five seconds? Oh, I I just don't want the germs to spread. Bro, the germs are already on you. You're inhaling it right now. So let's keep our hands dirty (laughs) until it's time to make them clean. It's like, It's like eating Cheetos or Doritos. The best part is the the fingertips full of Cheeto dust and you just lick it all off in one setting. You keep those two, that thumb and that index finger, you keep that shit in the air. You make sure you don't touch anything because when you're done smashing that bag of snacks, and you look at your fingertips and you just see that buildup in that residue. That is like the best feeling in the world. And then you just get the mm, rubbing it all up on your teeth and your gum lines because you just want to get it like cleaning your fingers with your mouth after a good snack bag section session. It's like literally a gift from God or Nabisco. I mean, either way, either way. I want all of us to explore the how-to tab of good housekeeping and just run through all of the possible surfaces that are carrying dirt, dut, and grime and see how we can all improve our, our cleaning behaviors and practices. Because believe it or not, the pH of your home and how frequently you change your air vent. Like I change my vent filter, my my filter for my for my air unit in my home every 30 days. Like there's no question about it. Every 30 days it gets cleaned and changed. If you don't recall the last time you changed the air filter, It could likely be a reason why you have a hard time breathing. It feels really stuffy. It never feels clean in your home. Or you have um, a cough. You can't sleep at night because you can't breathe. You have asthma. All those types of things. Everything you do in your home contributes to your health. Contributes to your immunity. What do you have? Passive, innate, or acquired immunity. If you're a filthy individual and you're okay with how you live and like, you know, leaving sink dishes in the sink for a week and having fruit flies and gnats going around the house, you just have an acquired immunity. That shit develops over the time from a presence of a certain just level of just disgust. I happen to have innate immunity. I was born with it. I was born with germophobia. That's it. That's it. I hope you all have learned something here, okay? 
communicate with your partners about what your triggers are so that they understand who, what, where, when, and why to have a, a disagreement with you. Or the next time you you plan on, I mean, you can't really plan on having an episode, but you can certainly avoid having one if they understand where your line, landmines are. And then I want everyone to go grab a, a bottle of Lysol and clean your house. Don't forget to mop your floors. And it would be a good idea for you to touch up those baseboards. Let's get it together and keep it together, people. Love you. Bye.